What's his name? Fuscando. Fuscando. Uh, yes, thank you. We will. Anyone else? Phil? Marcia. Bob Levesque. All right. Let's let's kneel in prayer. <laughs> Father, we pause before you this morning in the name of Jesus and we're grateful for the opportunity that we have together here in this capacity with believers. Um, with men and women who love you and want to follow you and want to learn more of you. And Father, I just pray for the presence of your Holy Spirit in our midst this morning that it would teach us words of life and instruction and just encouragement for the day today that we live in. Father, we've, we've heard prayer requests shared and we lift them up to you, Father, as there's there's many with health issues, and we, we pray for Bob Levesque this morning and for his strength, for his family, and for your name to be uh, lifted up through it. Father, we pray for, we do pray for the authorities, the leaders of our land and around the world as they, they try to make decisions, and there's a lot of pressures, and there's a lot of a lot of influences, and I can't imagine being in those shoes. But Lord, we just pray for them to look to you, Father, for your will to be done. Father, I just pray that you would give us, as your people, wisdom as we live in the midst of this chaos. Lord, I pray for Philip's friend. Fuscando, Lord, I, I just lift him up before you as his health has failed and his, the challenges in life must seem extremely great. He's lost his friend in, in a sudden and awful way. And Lord, that we know that you are the only true physician that can heal every time, at any time. Lord, we just pray for a miracle in his life, Lord, that you would give him strength and you would give him just vision and direction, but Lord, ultimately that through it all he could continue to look to you for strength and give you glory. Thank you for each person who's here this morning and may your spirit speak to each heart, to each need individually in, the, in their own way of, as they need to hear truth. Lord, I pray that you would take away take away the words that maybe don't come out right and allow your spirit to minister. Bless our time together, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this morning, I haven't been around very long. I'm not really that old. I wasn't alive during the Civil War. I wasn't alive during the Revolutionary War. 
I wasn't alive during the Protestant Reformation. I wasn't alive during the time of the Roman oppression of the Jews. And so I can't compare. But I can say that the level of conflict and animosity that I see in our country today is greater than any of us have probably ever seen. I know that there have been extremely difficult times with starkly contrasting beliefs and opinions between neighbors and individuals. As you know, this isn't just the worst behavior from the world, it's also the worst behavior from some of God's people that I've ever seen. The question that we're going to look at, look to answer this morning from God's Word is, how does God want me to be living when it seems like everything around us is falling apart? What better place to get instruction from than from the mouth of Jesus Himself, from the words of Jesus as He calls us to be the people of God and live for the kingdom of God. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5. We'll begin there this morning. I don't want this morning to be anything about what I think or about what Cornerstone Leadership thinks or about what anyone or any group of individuals think, but I pray that this morning the Spirit of God would speak to your heart in your need. This is Jesus here in Matthew chapter 5. It says he saw the multitudes and he went up on a mountain and I'm using, I, I began studying in this Bible this week and made some notes and this is a New King James Version. It says he was seated with his disciples, he was seated and his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And I was going to say as we read through these, I really feel like that all of us are called to all of these. You know, we're going to read through some of these things, and while, yes, some of us perhaps have been blessed with peacemaking personalities, maybe abilities to a larger degree than others, but this isn't a time to say, well, I'm just not a peacemaker, it's not for me, I'm just not meek, but I believe that as children of God, as his followers, we're called to be all of these things, and we can be through his strength. You see, that's what God, that's when God gets the most glory, is when we, me, who am not a peacemaker, by a natural sense, become a peacemaker, the glory goes to God because it's not of me, and it's of Him. And so that's why we want to let Him work in our lives, and we don't ever want to say, well, that's just not me, and I'm not capable of that. We look to Him for our strength to, to be that through Him. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. 
Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, and we need more of these today, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which are before you. And I just want to be clear that this is speaking about being persecuted for the name of Christ, for your faith in Christ. This isn't being persecuted for your political position or for any opinion or tradition that you may have. Verse 13, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and to be trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set upon a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. Do not think that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For assuredly I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. Whoever therefore breaks one of the least commandments and teaches men so, shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you, that unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will by no means enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now let's turn to Romans chapter 12. And we're going to continue reading a few verses here. just continues on, and and these two passages are a couple of my favorites in the Bible. He says here, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. And that verse there reminded me of how Brant kind of finished up, wrapped up last Sunday. And And he had that rope and he talked about, you know, just where are you on that rope? You know, when you've been justified and you've been sanctified, do you climb up that rope a little bit? Are you above other people around you? And his answer was no, and I just I see that in this verse here. Everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. And I think that we, we need to be careful, that we not think of ourselves as better than those around us. You know, that can happen in this setting right here. We can do it with gifts, which is what he's going to go into here. We can think we've got something that someone else doesn't have that makes us better. 
And that's a dangerous place to be, and the Bible calls us, tells us in, in many places not to. But what about just in the world in general? Not one of you, not one of you had a choice in where you were born. You did not, it is nothing of your own merit or of your own effort that you were born to a Christian family in rural America. Now, every one of us is responsible for our actions, for where we've been placed in life. It doesn't give us an excuse. But we should never think of ourselves better than someone else. But for the grace of God, there go I. Why wasn't I born in the inner Chicago to a single family home that never heard the gospel? And for me to look down, to be critical, he, he uses this, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith, the grace that we must have for those who are raised differently than us, it goes beyond us. We're not capable of it. But I encourage you this morning to be careful as you are critical and as you voice your opinions and you give your ideas on how things should be because we have been raised in rural America. We have been raised in a Christian home. And we see things, yes, we believe biblically, but we see things a certain way. And sometimes those things that we see may not be all bad, but we've got to be careful that we not say that this is the only way, or that my way is right and your way is wrong. And I just encourage you not to look down, not to think more highly of yourself than of someone else, and to remember that nothing that you have been given is of your own merit. Verse 4, For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we, being many, are one body in Christ. And individually, members one of another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in ministering. Or he who teaches in teaching. He who exhorts in exhortation. He who gives with liberality. He who leads with diligence. And he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Now, before we go on, these next few verses here speak of how to behave as a Christian, you might say. It's a burden on my heart because as I look around America, I see a lot of Christians not living like Christians. And I want to encourage us this morning to live as Christians. You know, I've got news for you. If you're going to do this, if you're going to live as a Christian for any extended period of time, you're going to have to be a Christian. You're going to have to be a born-again child of God, and you're going to have to have His Holy Spirit living and dwelling inside of you. And if you don't, I assure you that your best efforts to live this out, to live right, will be in vain. And you will not live a consistent testimony to the world around you. Jesus said in Matthew 5 that unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. So how are we going to get there? I mean, let's think about these guys. These guys spent their whole life learning these laws and trying to live them, and he says we've got to be better than that. 
How are we going to do it? These were the most righteous of the righteous. You know, they weren't satisfied with just all of those laws that God gave them. They had to, they had to make more. They, made the, they had the Mishnah, which was an oral tradition of commentary on the Mosaic Law that introduced many, many more rules that, in effect, built a fence around the law, the Mosaic Law, so that the people wouldn't even come close to breaking God's law. Was the idea... But I want to read to you what Jesus had to say about the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees. He said, woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! You make clean the outside of the cup and the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. You blind Pharisee, cleanse that first which is within the cup and the platter, that the outside of them may be clean also. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you're likened to whited sepulchers, which indeed appear beautiful on the outside, but are within full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. Even so, you also appear outwardly appear righteous to men, but within are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. And that's not who I want to be. And I don't think that's who you want to be. These guys tried really hard, and they missed it. Like it didn't cut it. And if these guys tried that hard for that long, what about me? There's only one hope. There's only one way. It's only by allowing the one true righteous one to impute his righteousness onto your behalf. The blood of Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus is the end of the law for righteousness. Paul says, I count all things but lost that I may win Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. That's Philippians 3, 8 and 9. He went on in 2 Corinthians 5, 21, and he said, For he, God, made him, Christ, to be, a, to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of of God in him. And that, my friend, is the only way that your righteousness will ever exceed the, the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees. That is the only way that you will ever enter in to the kingdom. We're about ready to get back to Romans 12. I'll just say this. If Christ is your righteousness, then these verses, this will be your consistent behavior. This will be your fruit. This will be your life. Do you know a huge problem that I see in Christianity today is a problem that David had. And you know the story of David. You know what happened? He saw a hot woman that was not his wife. In fact, it was someone else's wife. And he wanted her. And he followed his desires in that moment. He followed his heart. And he did what felt good and what felt right and what he wanted in that moment. You know, I hear the phrase, follow your heart. And I really disagree with that phrase. <laughs> because the Bible says that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. 
The Bible also says that from within, out of the heart of man, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these things come from within and they defile a person. Do we really want to follow our heart? This is the fallen nature of man. When I hear that phrase, I, I kind of cringe. You know, it's only when you've allowed Jesus to create in you a new heart that that phrase may be okay. But even then, I would challenge you to adopt perhaps a phrase more like this. Follow the heart of God. In all of your dreams and all of your ambitions and all of your challenges and the things, the places you want to go in life, follow the heart of God. It will never leave you astray. Back to David, you know, he was following the desires of his heart and it caused him to sin and you know the snowball effect that happened to him and no doubt it's happened to you in a sense and we've all experienced perhaps maybe not on as grand or a public a scale as what he did, but we know the effect that covering one sin does and we try to cover it again and again until we crash and burn Prophet Nathan came to David and he discussed this with him. And through that conversation, David recognized his sin and repented. And it says in 2 Samuel 12, verse 13, that God was able to put away David's sin. However, it says in the 14th verse, By this deed you have given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to to blaspheme. And that phrase kind of stuck out to me. And because of that, this, the child would die. David was the leader of God's people. He was not living the life that he should have lived. He was not living the consistent life, a godly life. They gave God glory instead through his choices. God said, you've given great opportunity to my enemies to blaspheme. And I just wonder about me. When we act like the unsaved, when we talk like the unsaved, when we react, respond, when we argue like the unsaved, We're not being the light of the world. We're not being the salt of the earth. You know, salt's supposed to make people thirsty. It does make people thirsty. And if we lose our savour, we're not making people thirsty for God. And that's what we are called to do as believers. Too often our light goes dim and we win our argument. Our savour gets lost when we get upset at someone. Our testimony is tainted. As we demand our own way and we give the enemy opportunity to blaspheme. Opportunity to look at us as Christians and say they get mad. They do what they want. They don't have peace. They just want another dollar. They hold a grudge. They don't forgive. 
they don't have anything that I don't have. Their God must not be real. Do we ever give opportunity for the enemies of God to blaspheme? Let's read the rest of Romans chapter 12 here. As we consider how we ought to live in the midst of the chaos around us, he says, let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor that which is evil. Cling to that which is good. Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love and honor, giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope. People were going to have to have hope, especially for the next race, patient in tribulation. You're not going to be able to be patient in tribulation if you're not able to rejoice in the hope of Jesus Christ. And I tell you, this patience in tribulation is a very real thing because have you ever noticed that God doesn't get in a hurry? The ways that he works are very slow oftentimes compared to what my schedule would look like. And he calls us to be patient. Don't push it. Don't rush it. Too many times we pick up the stones and we throw a stone faster than Jesus at that woman in adultery. Patience. It's the way of God. Continuing steadfastly in prayer. Distributing to the needs of the saints given to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. And this, this verse is similar to verse 3 in its message. We can think pretty highly of our opinions. James 4.10 says, Humble yourself in the sight of God, and He will lift you up. Verse 17, Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves. But rather give place to wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, because of that, this is how you can live. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. By doing this, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome with evil. But overcome evil with good. Sometimes we're not sure how to live, we're not sure how to act, we're not sure how to respond. I guess my prayer is that these verses that we've read from Jesus, from Paul, 
could confirm for you this week on how you should live, how you should respond, how your conversation should go. Be the person that talks about Jesus a lot. You know, there's a lot of people that don't want to hear about Jesus. If Jesus doesn't agree with their ideas, then Jesus is wrong. But Jesus is the only hope. And it's the only solution. It's really the only thing that we've got to talk about that's ever going to make a difference. You want to see change in your community, in your country? It's going to happen. One heart change at a time. One changed heart at a time. And that's all that we can do. One conversation at a time. So this week I want to encourage you to be in the Word of God, to read it, to know it, to believe it, and to live it. If you don't read it, you don't know it, and you won't live it. You're going to have conversations, and you're going to make decisions. And there are some really, really good arguments for different things. There are some really logical things. I mean, with you leave the Word of God out of it, and people can get some pretty convincing arguments for, for ideas and for um, ways of life. But as convincing as they may seem... We've got to go back to the Word of God. And we've got to judge it against the Word of God. And that's got to be our guide. Because to believe things based on experiences and reasonings and feelings and current environments and situations will lead us astray. And we become the people that Isaiah and Jeremiah spoke of. Having eyes to see, they see not. Having ears to hear, they hear not having a heart that does not understand. And don't we see that? And it's a call to guard against that in our own lives. So I just want to wrap up here with a few verses. A couple here in Proverbs. Proverbs 18, verse 21 says this, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Do you know that? Do you believe that? The words that you say matter. And how you say them matters. Over in, in chapter 10, verse 19. In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking. But he who restrains his tongue, his lips is wise. How much are we talking? We can get ourselves in trouble. This here says... In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking. Let's go now to James chapter 1, verses 19 and 20. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. And you know, nobody's listening, it seems. You know how we kind of joke about that as men and women. It's like uh, we, we hear, you know, their problem quickly and then we give them a solution we don't need to hear all of the details but we kind of figure it out and we can tell them what they need to do and we know that our wives don't appreciate that and so it is in our culture today you know one word or one phrase and we've got a response or we've got an opinion or we've got an answer 
and nobody's listening. And the Word of God calls us this morning to be swift to hear, slow to speak, hear the whole matter. I think Proverbs says something to the effect that he who answers the matter without hearing the whole matter is a fool. <clears throat> and too many times we respond not knowing fully what we're responding to. For the wrath of man, he says, slow to speak, slow to wrath, and, and that is not happening today. So much anger that comes out so quickly. We, we get triggered. I'm guilty of it. You hear something, and it can trigger you to become a little upset, to feel unkindness towards someone. Slow to wrath, for the wrath of man does not work the, the righteousness, does not produce the righteousness of God. I'm not telling you to be quiet. This world needs to hear the voice of truth. We are to speak up. We are to be speak out. But the only opinion that matters, the only voice that matters, is the voice of Christ. And so, with the things that you speak, and, and it's not just the things that we speak. The bigger problem today is the things that we write, and the things that we post, and the things that we repost, sometimes without even fully reading or watching. And what message are we sending? Be careful how you speak, which includes what you write. So I pray that this could encourage and give you confirmation and direction for how to live as a Christian when it seems like everything around us is falling apart. Just blessings on your week. We're going to have a song now, and I'll invite uh, Cephas and Kalo and Pergam to come up during the song.
right, so this is, this is pretty exciting. For any of you that don't know, these, the, you know Cephas, most of you, and he's here with us often. And his brothers, Kalo and Pergam, are here with us this morning from Haiti. And we've got this, the Haiti truck out here that's, that uh, Jeff's and, and all, of, all of these guys are all going to take down to, to Florida here later today even and fill it with food. And I'm just going to let them, they're going to sing, sing a song, a couple songs for us maybe. And if you have any questions, you can ask them and uh, we'll just give them some time here. So. He said he's the oldest one. He has to be between both of us. <laughs> so we're going to sing, and then we're going to give God praise and glory and Creole. So you're familiar with the with the uh, tone, but the words will be in Creole. <laughs> Que Je 
If he's not first, he's going to be a man. He wants to be first. So he's the oldest one. He's going to talk a little bit about the village, about what's going on in the village and things. And uh, this is a principal of the school, my oldest brother. And he's the judge for the village, for the whole county where I grew up, where I used to live, and they are still live there. And then they are the pastors of the church down there as well, that Cornerstone has been helping and supported for a long time. For over three or four years, I can't remember, that Cornerstone has been a blessing for that village, the church, and the school. So I'm going to ask my oldest brother, uh, Kilo to come and he can talk about what's going on in the village and then after that if you have any question they are welcome you're welcome to ask anything you feel like asking about AD and they will answer the question okay. I'm happy to see you this morning <laughs> last year I was there Okay, he said that last year he was here in the church. Okay. It's a pleasure, it's a great pleasure for me again this morning to be here with you again. It's a pleasure. He said this morning I am here. I have a lot of joy in my heart to see the great family of Cornerstone families. This Cornerstone family has been supported us a lot in Haiti. L'école, The school, the church. Even though the church members fled away and the school uh, the student of the school, all the kids fled away. Because of violence, gang violence in the area. Unfortunately, for our village and our area, it has been like that for over a year and a half. It's a gang, gang heavily harmed. They have heavily weapon in their hands. Politicians in Haiti, the political leaders gave them weapon, heavy weapon. When there is going, when election is going to happen, so any vote poll, any vote office where people has to go to a place to vote if that leader think he's not gonna win in that poll area office this gang came with the gun and they destroyed that office these people that they used to do that after the election is over they kept the weapon because they were they hired by the political leaders to do that for the election they can win. When the election is over, they kept the gun, the heavy weapon. They don't give it back to the political leaders. Avec ça, 
ça vient d'entraîner que bandits ou des amnames ou y a terrorisé population. And that come with when they have that weapon in their hand. Right now, they use that weapon to terrorize the population to to use it against the people and the area. Malheureusement, pour nous, quel autre commune bandit des armes, y comprennent. Mais dans une lacaille pas non, c'est monter sur les démons. In some area, which is like in some cities and some village, some of the gangs members they understood they don't treat the people like they did in our area. In area, the, these gang members they go and take the farm, the garden, things that the people own. They took over it, and if you don't give it to them, they kill you. They took over the area. They control the village. Avec ça, tout monde qui était zone dans net côté l'église d'ailleurs. With that happened, all the people fled the village for their life. They run, they run away for their life. They moved to stay somewhere else. L'église de l'église qui pas qu'à fonctionner dans la zone. We have 23 churches that shut down, that closed, and never, never. Worship, they can't worship, they fled away. Plusieurs dénominations catholiques, témoins Jéhovah, Adventistes, ils n'ont pas qu'à fonctionner. The denomination like Catholic, Jehovah Witness, some other, every religious group in the, in the area had to leave. They had to go somewhere else. Moi, six mois depuis moi quitté la caille, donc j'ai appris. I have left my own home for six months. I've never been in my house for six months because I have to move and leave the area to live somewhere else because if I come back it's not gonna be good. Avec ça, tout monde marron, tout monde With that going on, everybody is out. Everybody is desperate for help, desperate for need. Tout monde qui nécessité. And all those that are there are desperate in need or necessity. L'autre Al-Kaïmoun, il te recevra pour moi. Après moi, passé, il pas voulu encore une méthode. If you go over somebody's house, they can give you uh, a place to stay for a month. They said we will support you for a month. When the month is over, they kick you out to find another place to stay. Avec ça, toute fidèle l'église gagne dans tout partout. And with that, all the members of our church are scattered. They are scattered everywhere, from place to place. Ça qui c'est Macio, non réuni avec you. We have a group in a city called Saint Mark where the church is going. Saint Mark. This group, we have a group there where we gathering together with them. No communicate avec you. No toujours by watching us. We communicate with them. We encourage them. And then we visit them, we encourage them that just hanging in there, this is not going to stay like that forever. We're asking you this morning, the same way you guys got together and collected food, money, to send to help in Haiti, we're going to ask you in the same way to pray for us. Pray for the community and pray for the village in the same way. We have faith and we believe in God. This is not going to stay forever like that. 
change is coming, but Jesus is coming with the change. C'est peut-être ça, maman, de continuer de nous prier. Et maintenant, je suis content pile du fait que moi, j'ai une machine qui l'a. He said, what makes me so happy when I look at the truck outside? I look at the truck parking outside. Mais je suis content pile du fait que moi, j'ai une Manger ça au bralé à pied dans pile monde manger. I was in Haiti. I saw how the people were desperately and help need help and need. And I saw that truck and I knew that he's gonna make a big, big impact. He's gonna reach out to a lot of people that they down there that need it. Gé côté monde pas manger devant monde c'est caché pour cacher pour manger. He said some area in Haiti you can't sit down outside to have a plate of meal. In front of people, some area you got to go hide mm-hmm. and you hide to hide it it and to, to, to eat to eat because you can't sit down open and let people see you are eating. Okay, c'est peut-être ça. Nous disons merci en pile là non l'église là. And on behalf of the Church of Haiti, on behalf of the village, I want to say thank you a lot, a lot. Ça vous fait d'après Galates chapitre 6 verset 9 à 10. He said, what you have done, according to the Bible in Galatians, Galatians, Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 and 10. Galatians 6, 9 and 10. When you do, um, when you minister, you help your brothers and the faith like you. And there is a lot of reward waiting for you and the heaven. The Haitian people in Haiti cannot come to United States. But me and the church, my brother, on behalf of all the people, we thank you, thank you for all that you have done. May God reward you and bless you, reward you for that. God bless you. God bless you. If you guys have any questions, we're ready to answer, and the church can help to make the time. Yeah. Oh. Where, where are the people going? Like they're fleeing, they can't have, they can't, they're not going to church. Where are they moving? Where are they moving to? Or are they just They move out to live in another area, which is like 20 miles or 30 miles away from the danger zone, from the gang area. They move away like 20 to 30 miles away. They are desperately waiting when peace coming in the area so that they can come back home where they used to be. Dio côté police He said, he said in the area where the gang, where the gang people, heavily gang members are staying, he said he hasn't seen a police came over there for about a year and a half. Police never came to that area. Even, even the police, they try to protect themselves. They don't want to face the gang to get killed. So they stay, they avoid the area. When they, if you have a car, like you have a nice car, whatever you have, you're driving on the street in the area, 
they gang, when they saw you, they stop you with the car and they pull gun on you and they take your car, the vehicle. <laughs> so when they take it, before they give it back to you, you have to pay a, a ransom, some money, before you receive that vehicle back. So if you don't have the money, they kept the vehicle for themselves. And when they took that money, they can buy all their weapons, bullets, to use it against the people. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. What, what's it going to take for the gangs to leave? What's going to cause the gangs to leave? Okay. He said he want to give that answer. Now, there are lot gangs. Mais gang dans zone de la cadeau, et puis danger, puis méchant, puis criminel. C'est l'État qui peut prendre responsabilité. Les dégâts que est-ce que Kaimon Sayo gagne pas des tuyaux les retourner est-ce qu'il a besoin Kaisa les vigne pas besoin dans la caillou yo prend tout ça au gars la gueule cabane chaise toute bagarre à ta réchaud ma bonne histoire que gon monde qui gon pour la caille yo entre au prend pour la capone avec toute niche là là he said he said they uh, they looting the house they they looting they use the word looting they took everything in that home he was giving a story, there is a chicken. The chicken has like uh, eggs. I don't know how to say it in English. When the, before the eggs become chicken, the chicken sit down on the eggs. They even took the chicken with the old eggs in the house. They took the bed, they took the chairs, they took everything. They cleaned the house with nothing. So when these people come back, they're gonna find an empty house with nothing in it. There is, I don't know how to say it in the United States to make you understand, like in the county, the county has like uh, six villages. So six villages, so three biggest villages are the ones who are affected the most in that situation. How big of a group is St. Mark? Because there's a group of Christians in St. Mark that you work with? He said it's about 60 people, 60 people from the church that moved to St. Mark. St. Mark is a, is a village that's close to our village, but it's a big city. That's where they have commercial boat shipping coming to our state. They came to St. Mark. St. Mark is a big, some of you have been in St. Mark, 
you probably know what I'm talking about. It's a really big population. There's a lot of land in other villages, but they are in Creole. You may not understand where they are, but there's a lot of So these people, when they left, they go and ask for other people who can receive them at home because they cannot afford to rent a house, to live there, to stay there, so they have to move. Whoever is open doors for them to shelter them, they go there. Right. Is there a fear that this, this uh, rampage is going to grow and expand through the country? Or is there places within Haiti that they can continue to go? I mean, are they going to have to, I mean, how far is this going to expand out? Or does it pretty much stay at one spot? They get have a fear that go to the Dominican Republic or anything like that? Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, would you? We freeze. Is, it, is it pretty much staying confined in one area, or is it, or is it growing throughout the country, this rampage with the... With the gang tanks? Lydia, is here, you have a gang, gang, you have a somebody who is happy in all the countries. Is it going to go into all the countries, or is it going to go into all the countries? There is a gang in all the countries, but it's going to go into all the countries. It's spread all over the country, but the most wicked one is the one in our area. This one is very, very wicked. It's the worst area, is our village. That's the worst wicked one. Burnham has a judge. Is he have a special danger? Is he in danger? Lily, who may be a judge, is he in danger? He said he was waiting that he can have his uh, opportunity to <laughs> 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 Béni soit l'éternel. Louez l'éternel. Ok. Moi, je dis bon Dieu merci en pile le fait que nous avons mis aujourd'hui. Il dit que vous voulez dire merci à Dieu pour blesser les hands pour être parmi vous aujourd'hui. Hier, que je t'ai débordé à joie le moins que. You tout tapé when you are in Christ Jesus and you live in the gospel, you practice Jesus, that's the only place you can see a love like that. I have seen a love in this church, an unconditional love, a love that I have seen in here is something that is not usually, I don't usually see and other places I have been. I have, I have never seen it in such type of love like this in Cornerstone. Because you're always ready to help your brothers and sisters that are in need. The church always ready to send help and give to help brothers and sisters. Okay, now pray bon Dieu pour you. We will be we will be praying for the Cornerstone Church. For Pastor Phil. We will be we praying for Phil. 
and your a family. He he tried to speak English. So. <laughs> 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 he said the whole church in general mm -hmm. that the Lord's hand will protect you, and the Lord's hand will keep you safe and guide you. Okay. Moi-même en tant que juge, but me eh, as a church, en pile. I have been persecuted a lot. Si moi, if these wicked mem gang members could have found me, y a kalem, they would beat me up, whip me pretty good. Yo touye, moi. And after they beat me, mistreated me, they will kill me. Parce yo ennemi pour yo. They have considered me considered me as an enemy. He said, I could have lived to go somewhere else to get a better life, but when you are a leader, God has chosen you. You cannot leave the responsibility God has given you to do. I could have come easily to the United States and stay on the United States. But people, the church people, they count on us so I can't leave them in the area by themselves. When, when they are in necessity and need, these people call me and kill Kilo, my brother, they call, call them. We have to do whatever it takes or it took to go help them out. What would happen if we left them? If we come to, for, to see for ourselves, to, to seek a better life, who is going to do the job? Who is going to help them? One thing that gives me, give me courage. But suffering. Is not gonna last forever. Because Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse 33, I have told you these things that you will have peace in me. There shall be tribulation in this world. But be of a good cheer, I have. Overcome the world. That means we will go through trial and tribulation in this life. But the tribulation and suffering, they're not going to last forever. They're not going to last forever. He tried to put English in it. So, you are a blessing people. You are really blessed in the United States. So we, in America, we will always praise God, worship Him, give Him glory for all these blessings. That he has blessed us. Don't let anything come to divide us, anything to come separate us with our God. The, the way the Haitian people are suffering. And then you could have been in the same, and I'm in the United States, these people in the United States could have been 
Si on pas comme ça, c'est grâce mon Dieu. C'est peut-être ça dans tout ça y a fait. C'est pour toujours by bon Dieu gloire. Pour dire merci pour ça Et petit en petit, il y a bien bon Dieu comme héritage. All our children, our generation, they will always be the same and be grateful and thank God for United States. And God will never leave United States and the hands of that blessing, God's blessing will be always upon America. Oui, ça t'a pour nous finir. Même Jean Apôtre Paul dit dans 1 Corinthiens chapitre 15. And I'm about to be done. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Verset 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 15. La Bible dit que nous étions bouleversés comme ça. La Bible dit que quand Jésus-Christ pas loin pour lui retourner. Nous devons arranger la vie avec bon Dieu. We need to get our life together with Jesus. Okay, We need to prepare for the coming of our Lord Jesus And when Jesus came, there will be no starving, no poverty. There will be no suffering. There will be no peace, no quiet. We will all be together. We will, we will, we will praise him together forever parce que la vie n'est pas facile dans le pays d'Haïti. Mais si vous priez pour famille, même bon Dieu qui te Who has, has kept me. Il va conduire moi pour me tourner encore. Et au même, il y a, il y a des chances pour vous revoir moi selon une volonté bon Dieu. Alors, vieux so much. God bless you. <laughs>
and our plan for the village. So it will be 100% of whatever we receive here, they will, it will spend in the village with more food. Because we were doing, we were talking to my brothers. They said, there is something you don't use in America. They call it wheat vulgar. 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 Vulgar is something that they don't eat in America. It's very fancy and heat. It's very fancy, but it sounds like it's cheaper down in Miami. So that will give us a lot to put. That truck might be uh, too small. Like David said, my cup runneth over. <laughs> so thank God for our cup runneth over by his grace and his mercy. And with our cornerstone family, whatever money we have left over, we will go down to Haiti, buy more stuff to give to the people. Like the Bible said, when you're doing good, you do it first for the brothers and the faith. The church people will, will be served first. And whatever things we got left over, the village, other people that are desperate for help, we're going to give it to them, distribute it to them. It's going to be at least between four and 500 people without children with our children, because we have a bunch, of, a bunch of kids are coming as well. So we thank God for it. It's going to be between four and 500. They are going to be a lot, a lot of people. Me and my brothers, we're talking about it. We might have to call police to come to for make sure it's safe, or the police coming to see what Cornerstone is doing in the area. It's not... Not, in Cornerstone, we are not getting the credit for it, but what Jesus is doing in the area, because of Jesus, we are here. Because of Jesus, we can know you. We can eat with you. We can worship with you. We will give all praise and glory to our Lord and Savior, our Redeemer, Jesus Christ. Right now, in Haiti is a desperate situation. People can break in that truck when they know what is in there to steal. But we will pray God to put his angels with the sword to watch against it. That no 
nothing will be will be lose or nothing will take away from that church. So that will be a very important thing to pray for the church. Is there any more questions? When will your brothers return to Haiti? Uh, they will return. They will return Monday. Monday the 7th. And I want you two guys to pray. The church to pray for my mother. My mother, even though the area is so bad, so devastated, there is nobody live there. She feel like that's where she wants to be. And then she talked to my brothers. My brothers, my father told her no. She said she don't feel like going nowhere else. She's been in the United States since February. And now she decided, she said she wants to go back home even though the area is bad. So if you guys can pray for her, that God can open her eyes to see what's going on over there. We don't want her to get killed. We don't want, because if something happened, nobody can go to rescue her. No ambulance, nobody. You can't go. So keep her in your prayer that she will stay where she at, wherever when she go back, she stay in Port-au-Prince or in the area where she will be safe. call him T-Paul because his name is Little Paul. So in Haiti yeah. we call him, it's very common name in Haiti. T-Paul, go ahead, brother. What will happen if you don't hide the food? What will happen if you don't hide the food? Baby, question is who is going to eat or not eat? Who is going to eat? Who is going to eat? Who is going to eat? These people that are bigger, stronger than you, they will come and take that food away from you. He said, the problem is, if you are eating and you look at somebody else coming towards you, you will not have a heart to eat that food without sharing with that individual that comes to your house. Because when they see my mother, she wants to go back. One thing she's thinking, she, she had a kitchen down there. Some of you have been in my mother's house. So you see, she got a kitchen. As soon as they, they know what time to come over. And you see the yard is packed with people. And she had that big pan of rice and bean and sauce. And she started cooking and putting it in the plate, sharing with the people, sharing around. So she don't want to tell us everything, but that's what she thinks she's going to do. She wants to keep her ministry going on to cook and feed the people. So everybody left the area. So I don't know who she's going to feed or how, how that's going to happen. So that means they know in our, my mother's home, they always food and, uh, to cook. And she cook once a day, once time a day. So it's a big pain. All people coming over to eat. That's what's going on. We thank God the time is running away. So we don't want to hold you too long. So we want to say thank you. Thank you for, for everything, you guys. Thank you for your time. Thank you for uh, staying here to listen to us. We want you to pray for us. We're going to leave soon right now. After one hour, a couple of hours, we're going to drive to Florida with the truck. So I request prayer for us me and Jeff 
and pray for me because I'm not good on manual. That God can make a miracle. I can jump out to traffic. So I'm not good. I don't know how to drive it. So God will make a miracle. <laughs> so pray for us, and, and I'm going to turn it to Yes, well, thank you. Thank you very much for sharing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, let's see. All right. So I, I got the opportunity to, to be down there years ago, 2005. Okay. And, and met these young men. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I can't imagine what that would be like. None of us can. But uh, we will keep, them, keep you in our prayers and your family and your community. Are there uh, any announcements that you want to make at this time? Any of you? All right. Okay. Anything else? Yes. Okay, switching up Sunday school groups next week. Cody. Um, if you're a Sunday school teacher, once we're dismissed here, could you meet me back over here in the corner real quick? Got a real quick question for Sunday school teachers. Okay. Zach. This Friday night will be the last official family night here at Cornerstone, so that's why I'm Family night, Friday night. All right, I uh, got a question for you, uh, kind of a suggestion. We had uh, Carrie 